Today on Cinematics, horror stories to put your kids to sleep at night. This is The Babadook. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cinematics. I'm Ryan. And I'm fucking Polly. Fucking Polly. And today we're talking about The Babadook, an Australian horror film uh, produced for $2 million. I looked up, um, which is not a huge budget by modern film standards. Any, any stretch of the imagination. Indeed. Uh, and yet somehow managed to pull off a lot of really crazy things. Yeah, good stunts, good special effects. Yeah, all that, all that kind of shit. All that kind of shit. Um, so why don't we just jump right into it? How many times have you seen the movie, Paul? This is my second time, I think. Hey, this is my second time. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, Ryan. We're the same. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a good start. Um, <laughs> so I thought this was interesting and I just wanted to point this out. Um, horror and comedy, horror and comedy, mm -hmm. they are one and the same. They use the same tricks. They use the same tools and the techniques to make you laugh and make you scared. Absolutely. And one of those techniques is the rule of three, you know, something happens three times and it always, it's always three times. And I noticed in this that this movie intentionally seems to have broken that. There's right in the very beginning, the the mother uh, looks under her kid's bed and in her kid's closet, and there's like a two shot montage where it's like bed, closet from the inside kind of thing. And then about 15, 20 minutes later, they do it again, and you're like, oh shit, it's coming, and on the third one, something's gonna be there, and then there's no third one. <sighs> I thought, that, I thought that was kind of funny. I don't know. That was just like a little tidbit there. I was like, rule of three, it's it's a thing. And then and then they broke it. I don't know. I I, I don't know. For me, this this movie was probably more inten unintentionally funny to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think it was just the reactions out of the characters that made it really funny for me. Like, I was I was laughing throughout like the whole thing just because I feel like the way she was reacting to her kid would probably be the way I reacted to that kid as oh well. Oh my god. The first time I watched the movie, like like the, the first 20 minutes or whatever, I wanted to strangle that child. Yeah. And then there was like that scene where uh, she's like, reading the book and, and it shows her strangling her child and I'm like, oh, okay, there we go. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, he's like, uh, mom, I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. I don't feel good. And she's like, why don't you just go eat shit? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to sleep. <laughs> Let me sleep. Okay, so I have a I have a I have a thing to say about this movie. Is it a theory? It's a theory. Okay. It is a theory. I don't know if it's intentional. I have no idea what the the we watched all the special features on the Blu-ray that we bought, and there wasn't very many, and they weren't very long, and there was not a lot of, like... They were kind of lousy. We, we didn't watch the the interviews, um, which might have provided some insight to this as to whether it's true or not, but here's my theory. So, The Babadook is a story about postpartum depression. I could see that. And we said last week that we were going to talk about fairy tale horror today mm -hmm. um 
And to me, fairy tale means stories you tell your kids at night to put them to bed, storybooks like, uh, um, like, you know, like Three Little Pigs. Yeah, that. or yeah. Brothers Grimm and things like that. Yeah. Um, and the, the 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 trope or the classic sort of idea of a fairy tale is that it's an allegory, right? The whole story is meant to teach us something. It it shares a lesson. It um it uh, it tells of something. It tries to warn us of something. And the Babadook tries to warn us about how to not get murdered by your mother if she's <laughs> going in. Just, just don't be a little shit and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Now, having said that, obviously postpartum depression is a very serious thing, and sure, we we, we make no light of anybody who may have experienced yeah. it or has experienced it or is, um, but it, it but that's totally what this movie is. Yeah, it's exactly what this movie is. I mean, like the whole thing is like, you know, the the father dies in child uh, in childbirth. <laughs> there we go oh, again. There we go. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna say any of the old ones. I think this is the new one. The father died in childbirth. He died. The father birth. dies driving the mother to the hospital so she can give birth to her kid. Yes. Now she's emotionally scarred because sort of in her mind it would probably be her fault that he died. Mm-hmm. And or Sam's fault. Or or Sam's fault. Yeah. Um also Sam is a bit of a disobedient kid who has too much energy and, and is a little bit too like imaginative for her likes. Um and she's got kind of a shitty job that she doesn't seem to care that much about. We don't see that much of it, but no. But I mean, you could put yourself in that position and say, like, you know, if you had to play bingo with old people all day, you probably <laughs> yeah. start to question it a little bit. And I mean, like, like I'm there are lots of people who who live in or work in who live who work in the business of like old folks care, and it's great <laughs> that they do it. Um, we actually call them seniors. What? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like i she, mean it she, is it is a rewarding job but i think she, you know she her, doesn't seem to like it yeah this character like, does not seem to enjoy it well she's like caregiving like 24 7 like yeah. she's got she's got sam she kind of hangs out with that old lady her Parkinson's. old neighbor that she's constantly taking care of yeah and then all of this pressure builds up and she she snaps mm-hmm. and and you you can see it in in the way, like, like there's the outside perspective from from her neighbor Gracie, who, no, who probably has known her for twenty plus years. They've lived together, next door neighbor forever. Well, she, she, helps knew her, with garbage. she knew her husband. Too. She knew her husband. Like, yeah. like they, they have a, a bond. She watches her through the kitchen window and smiles gently to herself as she sees this old lady watching classic movies on her TV. Yeah. So, to to see the degradation of, um. The mother. Why can I not remember her name? Amelia. Now? Amelia. Um, the, uh, Amelia's character's degradation through the eyes of of this other person. It's like, oh, you can totally see. And there's that line. I actually I wrote it down. Um, where to go here? Uh oh. Well, another thing I'd like to add to that too is I feel like the the Baba Duke is, uh, I guess, her way of dissociating disassociating from like totally like, like like everything like that was one thing i wrote down was uh dis disassociation dissociation i'm not sure what the actual word is but like like it's it's sort of a, a and it's it's never 
like really explain how the like I think in the movie it's an actual paranormal thing, but as like a thing, it's probably like uh, I can't think of the word, but subtext is like um, it's it's something that she's created in her mind to help her like cope with it or confront everything that she's going through, especially with her husband and her son, right? Well, and I and I think that's a classic trope style of horror movies is that you know they they imply that the supernatural or the whatever this thing is that's happening is real but at the end of the day the thing that the movie implies is real is really just uh an allegory for lack of a better word for whatever issue the movie's trying to talk about yeah um so the fact that she sees it as real in this movie now um Versus having in the beginning not seeing it as real, it was she sort of comes to confront her own, and then at the end when she locks it in the basement, it's sort of like this, this thing that she's like put deep down inside. Yeah, her. which which still... which can be taken in different ways, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Well, because she still feeds it, right? Yeah. So it made like it's, it's almost like it, because she even tells uh she even tells Sam it it's something that he'll see when he's bigger. So. So she still, she still struggles with the mental illness but she's learned, but she's to, control learned to control it yeah, yeah. because she ha- doesn't not anymore she no longer denies it that's another thing in the line in, in the movie is like you know the more you deny the stronger i become you know if you if you continue to deny the the illness that you have it's only going to grow and get worse because you're not um responding to it or trying to do something about it yeah exactly you're just you're you're trying to pretend like it's not there yeah or like you know this 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 can't affect me it's you know like it's it's me like it's like um when they say that uh everybody thinks it won't happen to them until it does right yep it's something i guess you could kind of kind of along those yeah 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 and i i must not have written the line down i can't find it in my notes but um Essentially, she says something to the effect of, um, I'm, I'm sick and I need help. You know, she tells, she tells that to her child after, um, she has tried to stab him and then proceeds to tell Gracie she's okay. Who's knocked on her door at two in the morning, probably because she's heard screaming and seen her running around manically around the house. <laughs> could you imagine that? Just her looking across and you could just see people fucking running around. <laughs> well, she's like fucking around in the kitchen, like throwing shit, like <laughs> running up and down the stairs, going all over the place. Like, you know, it, it would look weird from the other side of the road. It would. And so she comes and this sweet old lady comes to say how much she she's there. And that's just another like, oh, the support system or whatever. But then... yeah. Then there's talking, also her talking sister. Talking to someone about your problems or whatever. Yeah. But then there's her sister and her friends who don't understand this this illness that she has and are unhelpful in solving her problems. But also, um, just just something to add on to that, I guess, too, is um, Amelia kind of kind of figures that out herself as well. Like she confronts that herself. Like she's she kind of, and maybe this is just the maybe this is just my way of thinking. But like, instead of her going to people for help, she kind of handles it herself. Yeah. Like I mean, which isn't always what you should do, but I mean, it's kind of a way to, I guess, take 
take at, like your own action against something. She's doing of, something rather than being passive. Well, and, and it's it's kind of because uh, some people want you to just say the thing that'll change them, right? Mm-hmm. When that's it's never the case. Like you can you can talk to somebody and you can um, give them advice, but it's always up to that person to take that. And do what they will with it. You can lead a horse to water, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I found it interesting, too, that the, the cinematography seems to really reflect the mental sort of aspects of the of the allegory, right? Like, like there's that scene where she's sitting at the birthday party with the, her sister and her sister's kids' friends' parents. Her sister's kids, friends, parents, because that's how that works. <laughs> and and the way they frame it is like you know the low angle is the POV of her sitting in her chair, oh looking up, looking at them. up mm-hmm. at these four very well staged characters mm-hmm. who are all looming over top of her, and like they yeah. all have this sort of friendly appearance and they're being kind of nice and they're trying to interact with her, but in her mind. They're ganging up on her. They're towered over top of her. Yeah. They're, you know, they're yeah, yeah. they're imposing on her. Meanwhile, we're looking down at her as she's sitting in her chair, right, giving mm-hmm. her, taking away her, her sort of power in that situation. Yeah, because really the the only the only place where she does have any power is with with Sam because he's a little kid. Yeah, she can just tell him what to do. I'm I'm the parent and you're the child, so yeah. take the pill. Yeah, exactly. So <sighs> maybe me. Uh, Maybe like that's another thing too with uh with the Babadook is, you know she she feels powerless in all these different situations and then now she and it keeps it keeps adding up so maybe that's like another thing is just like her her own power struggles and her I guess becoming um becoming um power drunk I guess you could say. It's just her trying, her trying to take control over things too much. Yeah, well, and when you when you feel your control being taken away and you try to seize it back, sometimes you just go too far. I yeah. guess, you know. And I mean, like you kind of see that a little bit in some places where she'll, you know, oh, don't go into the basement or don't do this. And there's all there's she tells him not to do stuff, and a lot of them are just like there's not that much of a reason why he shouldn't like sure maybe don't bring mm-hmm. like a crossbow that shoots darts. you know darts <laughs> yeah. to school i feel like people don't like that generally yeah or a, a ball launcher yeah i mean these things seem dangerous but yeah like even when he's in the basement and he's just he's just doing his magic like his magic stuff and everything and all his dad stuff is down there and she's like don't go down there but even when he was down there he wasn't messing around with anything he was just having a good time really yeah yeah i mean he made a mess i guess a little bit afterwards we see but yeah also speaking of um cinematography and style reflecting mental illness um i the first time i watched it i didn't pick up on this as much because i was sort of following the story more than i was doing anything else but there's a sequence and i wrote down the order she gives her kid the pill, then she's sitting in a chair watching TV, and suddenly his body is, like, there all bloody and dead on the couch. And then suddenly she's standing over him with a knife in the same place, and he's actually alive, screaming at her. And she realizes what she's done, and she goes to put the knife away. And then suddenly she's sitting in a chair, 
and she takes the dog and like tries to pet the dog and the dog runs away and then um what happens next oh yeah and then she brings out ice cream for her kid yeah and they sit and like briefly eat it and then like the the sequence goes on but that the, the point i'm i guess i'm getting at is it's these like flashes of things happening that are completely discontinuous. Like right. when I first watched it, it just felt like sort of a progression of um, a progression of the the evening. Like the, this is the stuff that's going on in in her evening. But then watching it a second time and knowing what or thinking what I was thinking about how it was a metaphor for postpartum, um, I was thinking about nightmarish like surreal sort of things and it just it like it feels like she's in a nightmare like she's just going from place to place to place and all these things are happening but they're not in the same space and sometimes her kid's there and sometimes he's not and i can't remember what his name is either but like sam Sam, okay so he's all over the place or he's not there at all and then she's all over the place and then the dog's there and then the dog's not there and it's like it, it feels like none of it is connected which i just thought was super Super interesting, which the end of that sequence, I think, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, the kind of end to that disjointed jumping is ends with her uh, sitting in the chair and Sam standing beside her saying, wake up. And she's like, oh, but you're the one that's sleeping. But his voice is all like dreamy and weird. Mm -hmm. And it's like she's actually sleeping and dreaming or else she's just in a state where is like a catatonic state where she's yeah. just staring off into nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing about the movie too is like, as a general as a general thing, um, horror movies make me make me kind of tired. Like I always fall asleep in horror movies, and uh, like this this movie like just does like. With the way with the way things are lit and the way the house is painted, like when we in the special features it says it was like it was all like and I even pointed this out in the movie. I'm like, no wonder why her sister feels depressed there. It's all gray and blue and everything, and it just those like really muted colors kind of like make you feel even more tired when you well, watch this. Well, blue is supposed to be calming, right? Which I guess depending on the type of blue, that yeah, too, right? and and the the gray and the 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 contrast. I don't know. Just like a Black. very boring kind of yeah kind of color. Like the place itself looks interesting, but the colors that they use on the like on the walls, like as the paint they're scheme, bland. Like, yeah, and it's just like you look at it and you're like, man, I I see like like I feel tired watching this. It's it's almost a depressing space to just even exist in. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, it's just uh. So you you said you were you were looking up something about falling asleep during horror movies. Yeah, I didn't find anything definitive, but like I I just felt like it might be an interesting thing to talk about is like I was I was looking on Reddit I think and it was a bunch of other people were saying that they also fall asleep in horror movies and one of the one of the reasons I thought was just kind of interesting was like it takes you away from your daily fears and makes you focus on someone else's instead of your own. And that makes you fall asleep. Apparent. Well, it was just someone's theory. Like, like I said, I didn't find yeah. anything definitive, but it, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to 
like think about i guess is like well but that's why people watch horror movies right is is they watch them to escape reality for a while and, and that, yeah i guess maybe it just has a different effect on different people some yeah. people keeps them up some people well and it's sleep, it's, it's adrenaline maybe i don't know because like i've had discussions with people talking about um horror and why people like it and like a, a big a big thing about why people watch horror films is that you know, you get you sit down and you watch it, and you get the shit scared out of you. But at, you know, at the end, it's not real, mm-hmm. and the lights will turn on, or you'll shut off the TV and go about your daily business and be not that much different for having watched the movie necessarily, right? But you still get that adrenaline kick mm-hmm. from it, which can. I guess it would be weird if that made you tired, but it could, I guess. I'm no doctor, but <laughs> I think adrenaline makes you tired. <laughs> Dr. Ryan, PhD in sleep. I have a PhD in filmography. No, I don't. <laughs> filmography. Um, yeah, so uh, even the even the special effects, all practical. Yep. Um, which is really cool. I think we were talking about that. It looked like there was uh, some stop motion in there. Most of it yeah, was that's like being roof puppets. Sequence. Yeah, yeah. When I was on the ceiling and it was moving around and um, but like uh, there was also like puppets. There was even I think probably people in costumes too. Like uh, the first time you see the door open and then you just see it kind of shuffle in. Like you could just see a glimpse of it through the light and then you just see it kind of shuffle through the light and into the dark. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Like just the way the thing moved. It was well, really and it bizarre. doesn't seem to like move its legs. It sort of just hovers. Yeah. Which I found super interesting. Um, sorry, I just I just had a thought while we were talking, and I'm I'm looking up what uh, black roses are symbolic of. Ah. Um, yes. Euphoric, passionate, unconditional love. Among lovers, the poets, and the humanist of all ages. Likewise to yellow roses and unconditional friendships. Okay. Mm. So I, I I look this up because, um, actually, I I look this up because there's a black rose at the very end of the movie. Yep. There's like the gardening sequence or whatever, and she plants a black rose or has planted a black rose. And I was just curious what what the what the purpose Make, of that makes was. total sense. Well, the unconditional love and and passionate love for her dead husband, and now for her child, now that she's broken free of this fog that she's been in for seven years, um, it's sort of, I guess, just a wrap-up almost. Anyway, I I didn't want to, like, change topic of conversation completely away from that. I just wanted to look that up while I thought about it. It's all good, man. It ain't scripted. It ain't scripted. It ain't scripted. Uh, unless it's a film. Ooh, uh, that was not funny. <laughs> the only victim here, Ryan, is you. I'm a victim. <laughs> of your own joke. Of my own bad <laughs> sense of humor. <laughs> um, so, special effects. Uh, I mean, so one of the things that we saw in the 
special features. The special features. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was the the stair scene. So she, there's a scene where she like runs up the stairs really fast. While I think she's, I think it's when she's possessed by the by the yeah body. yeah and and her her kids watching her and he like takes off and she chases after him and there's like this whole thing where they like tied her up with to like a harness and yeah they got like this big wire rig set up like helped her leap four stairs yeah. five stairs but I don't I don't remember it playing in the maybe. And, if it did, it was really, really subtle. Or maybe they didn't use it. Like, because I, I, in the yeah. special feature, there's like, oh, we'll try this one more time. And if it doesn't work, then we'll do something else. Maybe they just because skipped it, it. Yeah, it looked pretty goofy. Yeah. Like, the way that... And it's she a little just, jerky. Yeah, and she didn't look like she was quite, like, well-balanced on, on the, like, the wiring harness and stuff. Like, yeah. it looked like she was just kind of awkward. She bashed her foot off of something as well. <laughs> so, I mean... Like, I thought they were going to start talking about when um, Sam set up all those Home Alone traps and, like, set yeah. falling down the stairs. Like, I would have rather seen how that played out. Well, I think my estimate, based on how they cut it, was that they just did it in pieces, you know? So they, yeah. they shot the close-up of the feet where she trips. They shot her, like, in a wider shot, just sort of leaning into the wall so it looks like yeah. she fell and then they shoot the close-up of her feet going down the stairs it, it like it looks so legit in the movie like when she hit that wire like yeah it looked like she was running like full force and then she hit the wire and like you could see like it digging into her like digging into her shins like before it played she... really well yeah um I'm, I'm i'm quite impressed with a lot of this movie actually overall like for, for the two million for two million dollars um they built the whole set they did all this stuff. They they had like the acting is is really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Overall, I think it's just a phenomenal movie. Um. On top of just talking about all the, you know, heavy-handed, not heavy-handed, heavy topic matter. Of yeah. Mental illness. Mental illness, man. Um. The the other thing I noticed too is when the when the movie first starts off it doesn't usually like i find in horror movies there's like an introduction to the villain or to um i guess what the movie's gonna kind of be about like before like the title card or whatever mm -hmm. with this it like the babadook isn't even mentioned until probably like 10 minutes into the movie oh it's probably more than that yeah but but um... so it's like it, like one question i had at the beginning was like is is Sam the villain? Is she the villain? <laughs> I would have said Sam is the the villain at the beginning, but then it kind of switches, and then you're kind of like, okay, is this thing like paranormal or like what the hell's going on? The villain really is herself. Yeah, definitely. But um, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we were talking about we were sort of talking about like fairy tale horror kind of, um, and it's it's. Would you stop being so loud, cat? That fucking cat. It's interesting because it's literally a storybook. So in in those in those special features, we were watching the I don't know if it was the production designer or not, but he was talking like he was the production designer about how um, the whole movie was pretty much inspired by Brothers Grimm and like storybook style and that then you know there's a line where he's where he, he in the interview bit where he says oh yeah you know we that that was kind of the buzzword on set or in pre-production everything was storybook right um again because it's meant to tell or teach something 
like all stories are meant to teach, but specifically like fairy tales or or things like that. They're 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 allegories that are meant to teach things. Um, like Hansel and Gretel, like what was it? Don't talk to strangers or don't something. Don't talk like that? to strangers. Is that what we said it was? Well, probably with, with Hansel and Gretel. I haven't. I hardly even remember what it's about. I'm pretty um, sure that's uh, kind of parents with marital problems or no parents with money problems abandon their children in the woods, but their children find their way to a candy house and talk to a witch who tries to eat them. <laughs> so don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. <laughs> even your fucking parents. Even yourself. Never trust yourself. <laughs> yourself is the worst person to trust. This movie has shown us that. <laughs> that's not true. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, uh, yeah, you were talking about the, uh, this, the, uh, storybook aesthetic. Well, yeah. And, and just in terms of like theme and stuff like that, like, cause you, you probably know more about how fairy tales and storybooks in general are put together than me in terms of like structure and stuff like that. I mean, themes. the, the, the structure, it, it varies. I, I don't think that they're any different necessarily than any other story it's just that they're catered towards generally they're catered towards young audiences mm -hmm. they have a shorter length like the babadook the book in the babadook is like four pages five pages right like it's not long at all and, until she finds it again and then and, it's until yeah until it adds a few more on but um <laughs> shut oh, up car motorcycle, motorcycle. right um but it's it's interesting, I guess, just to look at how how we tell stories like this to scare. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there's all kinds of of um, tales that we tell children, or like quote unquote old wives' tales and things like that that are like um, they're they're stories that are not. They're told to children, but they're also told with the intent of scaring. Mm -hmm. to... Fear is a good motivator. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it's um, it's interesting that we, we use fear that way, especially to motivate and to teach. And, and I find that um, there's not a ton of horror movies out there that that base, like, the storybook style. But there are quite a few. I mean, look at, look at Pan's Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. That's kind of... And it wasn't a scary movie per se. But it was it was really it was really bizarre and like the imagery was pretty messed up. And it's fairy tale. Like yeah. In, sort of, anyways. I mean, or at least fantasy or something like that. Yeah. Like I guess I guess the lesson we can take from this is uh, teach your kids through tyranny. And <laughs> tyranny, tyranny is the way of things. Just, <laughs> just go that way. All will be well. Yeah, don't, don't uh, try to talk to them or anything. Just rule over them. Yes, it's much easier that way. Yeah, they'll behave better. Yeah, <laughs> and and they'll be better, more functional contributors to society, which is really what we need in this day and age. We need more obedient people. Yes, <laughs> to fall into place in the system. Yeah, become, trust the system. Become good little trust workers. Trust the system. <laughs> Something like that. For the greater good. The greater good of what, though? Society. Oh, shit. It's a pretty heavy-handed word you just used there. <laughs> society. Um, I was even... Uh, one thing I wrote down... This was specifically when... Uh, Amelia was cleaning the kitchen and like the cockroaches and stuff came out of the Oh way. yeah. But like uh the clothes that she was she was wearing kind of made her look 
a little bit like like Cinderella or something like at the beginning like she kind of had like her, her like the clothes that she was wearing was that were they the uh, the was that her work clothes well yeah it was like her cleaning clothes kind of like right okay like I don't know just I I, I can't really like put a specific like like point on it but like it just it just looked like something you'd see Cinderella wearing at the beginning. I, I can see that. When she was just like, you know, just the... the well, I mean, look look at her work seven. outfit. Her work outfit is like something straight out of a, a, a Disney anime. An anime. A Disney anime. Could you imagine <laughs> oh. Disney made anime? Um, oh, I'm sure they'll be jumping into that. Probably. We just gave them the idea, yeah, so, so that's gone now. Um, well, but like know. the 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 pink like knee length dress with the big like st- uh, stockings and the little little white apron, whatever. Like she mm-hmm. looks like like a character out of out of a Disney movie, yeah, a Disney animation, or even like um because they they were even talking about like uh some of the set deck and stuff that they were using mm-hmm. um where they would get things from you know different time eras, so like. The movie, I think, like a lot of movies too, um, has a a timeless feel to it as well. Yeah, like, I mean, they never give it a date. Yeah, I don't. I can't even think if you see someone use a cell phone. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like you, you don't. I don't think you do. No, nope, no one ever uses a cell phone. There is, there is a a wireless home phone that looks sort of modern. Yeah. So like we know that it's post two thousand and five, but Pretty that's much, yeah. that's about as much maybe even earlier info as we get. Like the car she drives is old and crappy. <laughs> we don't see a lot of other vehicles or a lot of other locations. Yeah, like even the even the TV that she has isn't really. Yeah, it's kind of old and decrepit. Yeah. Like like her whole place is kind of old and decrepit, which mm-hmm. just sort of adds to the you know the um the timeless sort of feel to it in this, in that sense. And, and the depressing sort of feel to her house. Like everything's painted gray and light blue and whatever. And it's kind of, I guess, I guess you could even say it's like, um, it's like being stuck in limbo or something like that because like, almost kind of is, you know, cause she's, she's stuck. She's stuck in the pet. Like I like this has come up in a couple horror movies already, but it's like Hellraiser. She's mm-hmm. stuck kind of living in the past. And everything's just kind of... Well, and everybody keeps telling her, you need to move on. You need to move on. It's been seven years. Stop being so whiny about this. <laughs> but the weird thing about that is that she isn't ever. No. She She never... Like she like she says, she never once mentions him. Mm-hmm. She never brings it up. She's very, like, strong in the face of all kinds of things. She does her best to raise her child. She has her job. She, I mean, the only thing that suggests to us that she isn't fully moved on is when we do see the basement, she's got her husband's suit hung up like he's standing there right? with the violin beside him, mm-hmm. almost as though like she goes down there and like hugs it or something when she feels like she misses him. Yeah. But it kind of – like that's the only indicator that she hasn't completely gone. I, I mean she has that sort of flirtatious – I mean, friendship, relationship. I I don't even like the first thing we hear him say is in the kitchen where you're supposed to be. uh, And then the joke about how she's too young to go to the dementia ward. Like whoever thought that was flirting was not 
I guess. He doesn't know how to flirt with people very well, apparently. <laughs> or he's 12. He's probably 12. I'm going to have to go with 12 on that I'm, one. I'm going to I'm gonna have to try that one day. Just be like, yeah. hey, you, you know, you know you're, you're getting up there. You're approaching 30. You're going to be in the Dementia Ward soon. You might as well just come over. Have a good night. We'll Netflix and chill, man. It'll be great. <laughs> You'll forget about it anyway. But see, the the, the, the the thing here is that she inspires the Dementia Ward because she says, I'm going to the Dementia Ward. So you got to somehow have that come up in the conversation first. Right. And then and then proceed. Or you could just tell them they're going there. And... But, like, it seemed like she liked them. You know, yeah. it seemed like she liked the dude. Like, he seemed like a pretty, you know. He, he, I mean, he brought her, her flowers and checked up on her because her kid was sick. He took over her shift <laughs> while he was working because he thought her kid was sick. Yeah, and then he, he comes in and he's like, he's like, no, I'm not sick. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I broke, I, I shot some kid with, like, some darts or whatever. And then he's like, nope. Nope, <laughs> I'm out of here, bitch. Fuck it. Don't bake single moms, they said. I, I'm I see what they mean. the shit. <laughs> Never, no. Yeah, so, um... Oh, really? Yeah, I'm just looking through my notes. Well, um, she, yeah, so he, he nopes out super fast at yeah. the end of that when, when that happens. But but he they seem to have a very, a, like, a very amicable and, and almost, like, decent relationship. So, so... That suggests that she has, in fact, moved on, and it's just everybody else sort of projecting their own sort of fears or concerns for her onto her without actually knowing anything about her. Because that's the other thing, too. She says her sister never asks how she is, and, I mean, Mm. we don't know who to trust, really, in that situation because her sister denies it, but we have to assume that the person from whom the story's perspective is being told from... That's not quite how that sentence is supposed to work. But, but it made sense. It made sense. Uh, we, we, we would assume that we should have to trust what she has to say over her sister, who we have seen be kind of bitchy to her, right? Yeah, agreed. Like, her, her sister wasn't the nicest. Like, um, she's like, she's like, I can't stand your son and like, <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, fair. <laughs> fair. 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 Yes. Like, I mean, but... Also, her daughter was a bit of an asshole, too. Oh, my God. Like, she was a bit of the a spoiled worst. little brat. The worst. Like, I can understand why Sam pushed her out that tree. <laughs> she <laughs> deserved it. Yeah, you know what? You know what? When, when when you're a kid and your emotions are, are so uncontrollable, which is what it really is, you know? You have no way of controlling how you're feeling. And someone stands there just talking shit down to you for no reason at all. Literally no reason at yeah. all. He was just chilling in the treehouse by himself. And Trying to like, hide, not hurting nobody, yeah. as he says. He's like, no one likes you, and your dad died because of you. And, and you don't way. have a dad, and, and yeah. every, you, you suck, else. and you're weird, and everyone hates you. Yeah, I, I think you know any kid in that situation would just fucking snap. Yeah. Especially, especially a kid like him. Just got what does that him. mean, Paul? No, it was just like a kid with like lots of energy and like creativity mm. and stuff. And what do you manic, mean? Manic, manic energy. I don't know. I was just <laughs> curious what you mean, meant when you said a kid like him because I didn't know what you were saying. Right. So yeah, like, uh, and it, like he's even had like violent tendencies before too. 
you know, with Lee well, Holmes. she said he was getting aggressive. Yeah, and like with all his weapons that he had, and him turning into a Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. <laughs> Which is our next review? No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> We're doing Christmas movies already. Um. Oh, another thing I found interesting is her her like her jaw twitch that she has going on, where she like sits and mm-hmm. rubs the like the joint of her jaw. Mm-hmm. It starts pretty pretty early in the film, but just like on a small sort of. But scale. on a small scale, and it doesn't actually start until you know the Baba Duke's influence is kind of there. Like the book yeah. has appeared probably. He first starts talking about the monsters. In his closet, she suddenly starts rubbing her jaw a little bit. Mm-hmm. The book gets more prominent, and then she starts rubbing her jaw more, and then suddenly she rips her fucking tooth yeah, out. She just like Tyler Durden's it. She, Tyler Durden's the shit <laughs> out of it. Well, and even Sam at the beginning, like uh, uh, when you first when he gets freaked out and they're they're sleeping together or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, you can see um, Sam's jaw like he, he grinds his teeth. Yeah. So, yeah, that part made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, I know I probably do that. So I wonder what I wonder what the the jaw or the because even the, the Bob, mandible. Yeah. Because because <laughs> <laughs> even the even the 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 Babadook uh, possessed Amelia through her mouth. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder what a lot of oral fixation you might say. Uh, indeed. You could say that. <laughs> If you so chose. She likes ice cream, so. Mm, well, that's true. She well, ate. Out, of, out of the one scoop of ice cream <laughs> that she had. The, oh, no, actually, there's twice that you see her eating ice cream. No. Yeah. When, she talks about eating ice no, cream. No, there's two times. There's the time where she gives it to Sam. Yeah. And then there's the other time when she takes off early from work and she's just sitting by herself having an ice cream. Was she eating ice cream there? Yeah, she was eating ice cream. Oh. I totally missed that. You can see that she kind of has a sweet tooth as well. Like there's a when she's sitting in front of the TV watching all those shitty light late night ads and stuff like that. She's just sitting there eating chocolate and like chips and whatever else. Snacking on some some garbo foods. Um, Getting your should should we talk about how fucking weird that police station scene was? Yeah, I mean, like. Well, I mean, you know, well, yeah, they were assholes for kind of like laughing at it. No, no, no. But like, yes, they were. Yes, they were assholes (laughs) for laughing at her. And yes, they were behaving like no cop should ever behave, Mm -hmm. which is, oh, well, you're a fucking idiot. We can't help you. But like, but like that whole situation, again, it almost reflects her own like mental unrest because we see these like these people and, and they don't look like normal people, right? Like they've obviously been made up to look. A like little as, bit as a uh, um, menacing, yeah, or maybe not even menacing is the right word, but they just, just got like that. almost unhuman, yeah, right, yeah. Um, and uh, then and then the way they're framed again, the like low angle, um, the imposing authority figure sort of thing, and then just they stand there and stare at her unblinking, yeah, for no reason. Like, sure, she seems upset, but everybody, not everybody, a lot of people that go into police stations are going to go into the police station seeming upset and distraught, Mm -hmm. probably for the reasons of, I'm being stalked and my child and I don't feel safe in my own home. Of course she's not, like, all well put together. Yeah. Oh, no, her hand is a little black because she lit a book on fire. Why does that matter? Hashtag not all cops. Hashtag not all cops. (laughs) That's true. 
yeah um well and like i don't know there are times there are times in the movie like even with uh her buddy at work guys she was kind of flirting mm-hmm. with like she like i mean i could understand why maybe she didn't want to talk about it but she kind of lied to him so like oh yeah like i don't know it just seems like she and maybe I just need to watch it again because, like I said, this movie, I was trying to stay awake through the movie. Right, okay. But maybe there's things I miss, but it just kind of seems like she kind of seems like she maybe has a tendency to lie sometimes. She, maybe as a maybe as a defense mechanism or something like that. Too, I mean, right? to, to avoid talking about things. Like yeah. in the beginning when we first meet her sister, you know, she's like, oh, we don't want to share birthdays anymore. She wants it to be her own thing. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, that's totally fine. And you can tell immediately it's not totally fine. Yeah. And and she's like, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll figure something out. And you can tell she does not want that at all, right? Mm. So, like, the little white lies of, like, yeah, I'm totally okay. But that uh, just feed into the fact that, you know, we kind of know that she's mentally unwell. Unstable. Yes. She has yes. that <laughs> She has that depression about her. Mm, the uh what, what do you call it oh man my joke is not funny because i can't think of what it's called i don't think my I joke ruined is it. working <laughs> i ruined it shit anyways it's like in the victorian period where they used to tell when the women they would just they would just the, stone the hysteria someone. or something they I don't would know. just they would just stone someone to death for messing up well i mean yeah it was a lot stuff. of things they did in those <laughs> days that were a little friggin weird yeah or maybe excessive perhaps excessive you could say that like just looking at your curly hair, like you're definitely a witch. I mean, obviously. If you put me in water, I would probably float. <laughs> Monty Python reference. Oh, I haven't seen Monty Python. Well, you, know, not, you have well, got to be kidding me. <clears throat> I've seen one of them. Well, actually, I've seen one of them, but a long time ago. You haven't seen the Holy Grail. I think that was the one I watched. Because that was, that's where that reference is it was. It was a long time ago. Funny oh. how we, we go from... The Babadook to um, um, the Holy Grail. Uh, well, you know, you gotta just you gotta mix it you, up a little bit. You just gotta let the conversation go where it goes, you, you know. Just mix it up. And also, my my brain is a little scrambled. I've been working nights all week and sleeping three hours a day, so that's good. It keeps the creativity flowing. It man. does. It makes my creative juices more mm. boisterous. <laughs> 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 <God>. <laughs> Oh, that was that was definitely a response. Um, it was a response. Um, let's see here. We talked about there was also the there was also the part. Um, I think it was just after she got possessed by that thing, and she, Sam was there pestering her about something, and uh, she was just like talking. Talk, talking almost like the Baba Duke. It was kind of the same, oh, the yeah. same rhythm. It's the same rhythm. Yeah. And that's totally on purpose, of course. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. But I have, I have a little interesting little interesting thing. Yeah, no, and, and I mean, it, it plays really well, um, which is also interesting because, again, I, I think I said this already, but the production designer has said that, like, you know, it was inspired by... A lot of the things were inspired by Grimm's like Grimm's, you know, um, fairy tales and, mm-hmm. you know, all the, uh, all other, all manner of other fairy tales. Um, so you, you, you think about the rhythm and the rhyme of like the little book and the saying and the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then suddenly you put that creepy fucking voice to those rhymes and it's like, Oh, 
That got dark real fast. Yeah. There is no Dana, only Zool. What? Never mind. We'll watch it next Halloween. I don't don't get it. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. I, I think... I think I've about said everything I have to say right now about this movie. Um, Ditto. It's it's interesting um, doing it the way the the way our system works, which is like watch the movie, take notes about it while we're watching it, sit down and just talk. Just talk. Um, talk. So it's it's very like <laughs> I don't know. I I I like it because it's it's very. I don't want to say it's raw because that's a weird way of phrasing it, but like, raw. you know, it's not like we sit down and, and script this thing out and plan stuff out and make these big, like this thing. It's just sort of like thoughts on the film and talking about it and watching special features when they exist, which surprisingly are not much of a thing anymore. They no. barely exist at all. Like the EBK stuff is still a thing, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of superhero movies I find, yeah, um, special superhero. And, yeah. And, and like bigger, bigger movies, right? Like um, Star Wars and all that. Like you could watch like fucking like six hours of special features. You could. It's yeah. true. But again, that's because those movies are, are have the budget for it. They have they have the budget for it, and they're also like the the scope and the scale is just mm. so conducive to it. Yeah. You know. Like I think, and I think Mad Max had like I don't know how many hours, but like I sat there and I watched like all of Mad Max. There you road, go. You know. But yeah, it, it was it was kind of a shame. Like, even like I don't know, it would have just it would have been nice just to have a little bit more. Well, and we didn't watch the interviews. There might have been more told to us or yeah. talked about in those interviews. But they usually work the interviews in as like a whole featurette, right? Like usually, not, yeah. Like they're not just like interviews and then whatever else. Yeah, just, and yeah. and they're generally meant to sell the movie more than they're meant to you know give enlightenment i think to anything educate yeah Yeah. um so i think we're pretty much wrapped out of our horror movies for now cineween cineween i know it's late uh it's november but uh hope you guys had a great halloween this week and um i don't know what we're gonna do next week yet yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll uh, we'll come up with a plan. Uh, we might do one more horror movie. We might not. Um, after this run, we'll probably just go to whatever whatever floats our boat, man. Whatever seems to be prevalent or or thought worthy at the time, mm-hmm. and um, we'll go from there. Babadook is great. You should watch it. Like I say in every episode, spoilers. <laughs> but it's too late for that because we skipped all the spoilers already. <laughs> So if you're listening now wishing you hadn't been spoiled, I'm sorry, but this is a podcast of spoilers. And, at, at, and the spoiler warnings are at the end, so it's a little backwards. It's, I mean, but that's how we do things here that's at Cinematics. That's how we roll, man. It is. We roll backwards down hills <laughs> because it's more fun that way. It's totally rolling backwards. Rolling backwards. Rolling well, backwards. we'll catch you guys next week. Happy November 4th. Is it the fourth? I don't know. I think so.